0: Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Hey, if you're a fellow podcaster, let me tell you about Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. That's right. They're providing podcasters with a flat
1: rate for ad space. So you always know how much you get when you include an ad
0: from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's Podgo.co. At podgo.co. And let them know the nerd sent
1: you by adding our podcast, The Amazing Nerd Show, in the How Did You Hear About
0: Podgo section of the application. Once again, that's podgo.co at podgo.co.
2: Happy Holidays from The Amazing Nerd Show. and welcome to the final voyage of 2020, the definitive Star Wars countdown episode.
0: Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I hope everyone's enjoying the holidays. Um, We've actually decided to go ahead and give ourselves the week off. But don't worry, we're not leaving you high and dry here. Christian has put together a little compilation of all our Star Wars countdowns from this past summer's Star Wars month. That's right, I mean, we're talking the entire
1: Star Wars franchise, plus we're talking our favorite characters, and hell, there's even a Star Wars countdown for Christian's
0: Corner with our favorite Star Wars video games. So sit back with a cup of eggnog, hopefully spiked, and enjoy as we discuss what we love about everyone's favorite galaxy far, far away. Um, Also, this episode is dedicated in the loving memory of David Prowse and Jeremy Bullock. Rest in power.
2: Now loading the 20 best moments in Star Wars history. Number 20. You need a pilot. FN-2187 saves Poe.
3: What's your name? The FN-2187. F-what? That's the only name they ever gave me. Well, I ain't using it. FN, huh? Finn, I'm gonna call you Finn. Is that all right? Finn. Yeah.
1: Finn. I- all right, Damon, this was the moment Poe met Finn and actually gave Finn his fucking name, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this was a great moment. Um... Both of them really started their bromance here. It's really where we would have saw this future of love between two men in Star Wars. (laughs) But that didn't happen. (laughs) It didn't happen, which is the unfortunate part. Uh But (laughs) it should have, you know. Absolutely. Um, It would have made for a hell of an arc, right? (laughs) Exactly. It only made sense. I mean, the moment they looked at each other right after Poe got off of his ship, I mean, you you would have thought,
0: you know. (laughs) Okay.
1: Match made in heaven. (laughs)
0: Uh, I think it would have been I cool though it. but they didn't go there unfortunately um yeah for me one of my favorite parts of like the sequel trilogy is really you know these two characters relationship the actors just have such great chemistry on screen and this is you know our first example of it so uh you know yeah this is definitely one of my favorite moments in Star Wars history exactly
1: it just showed so much raw genuine character
0: from both of them
2: number 19. Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order. Clone Wars. I'm sorry, Master, but I'm not coming back. You
0: know, at the time that this took place, it really felt like the final chapter in Ahsoka's arc. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it such a moving moment. And it really, you know, I think as viewers, we're kind of seeing the Jedi Order in a different light because of the character of Ahsoka. And a light that we never saw, like, on film. So I, I really, really enjoyed this. I mean, I, I I don't know. It just resonated.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it showed the, the flaws of the Jedi. And I'm, I'm not afraid to admit, Ahsoka, for me, when I first met her as a character, I hated her, just like most of the fandom. And then the way that they handled her character throughout the entire show in general and leading up to this like moment. For, I mean, at the time, this was like her final arc. For all of us. Uh This was incredible.
0: And if you think about it, she's got one of the strongest arcs of any, like, Star Wars character. She's one of the Absolutely. characters that, like, exhibit the most growth throughout, like, the Clone Wars series. So I agree 100%. Yeah, yes. It,
1: it just really feels like they took the most risks and challenges of any character in Star Wars with her.
0: Yeah, and how exciting it is with, like, Season 7 and everything. And obviously we haven't seen the finale yet. Um, and then with like rebels, like seeing her story carry on, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just been a great ride.
2: Number 18. I am one with the force. The force is with me. Rogue one. I'm one with the force, the force, with with the force and the force is with me.
1: Rogue One as a film in general showed us like the hardcoreness of like war in Star Wars. And this scene in particular with Chirrut, you know, walking through the middle of this battlefield where you're watching all of our heroes and their kind of final moments on this on this battle, um, you know, and it's like this very like you're you're hoping he reaches the marker, you're it's it's so tight and nerve-wrenching watching this very like explicit war scene happening in a Star Wars film. I thought this was really well handled and probably one of the main reasons why Rogue One sticks out so much as a film in general.
0: Uh, I just love the moment because it's a man in his faith, you know, and just, you know, Mm -hmm. that's all he has. He's armed with his faith. And that's what, you know, basically carries him to succeed in this moment. So um, what makes Rogue One so great? It's basically Star Wars does a war film. So, I mean, it it brings the war to Star Wars. The fact that this film does feel like a war movie is one of the reasons I love it so much.
2: Number 17. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. A new hope. If
0: you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. This is just a badass line. I mean, it really is. I mean, watching this, like, you know, noble you know, wise wizard warrior, sacrifice himself, um, really, you know, hold up his lightsaber, letting Vader strike him down, knowing that he'll go on to guide Luke and becoming like a master Jedi um, and, you know, bringing balance back to the force, or so we thought. (laughs) It's just, I mean, it's just a great scene. um, And one of the reasons I love Star Wars so much.
1: No, yeah, I mean, i started with episode four uh, like most people should and um you know th- like there was so much mystery behind what you know is the force how does the force work and so this line this badass line you know you don't know what's coming from it after that you, know, you don't know what's going to happen in episodes five and six you know with the force ghosts and everything so it was very just like this ultimate sacrifice that he puts in mm-hmm. with this great powerful line it was a great moment in the film
2: number 16 Mandu has a change of heart and rescues baby Yoda, the Mandalorian.
0: So this is where this Western, you know, goes all lone wolf and cub on us. Um, It's a great moment. We see like the Mandalorian's true colors here. Yes, he's got this gruff exterior, but, you know, deep down, he's still that kid who needs to be saved by the Mandalorians, you know, on the battlefield. Um, and it just it sets the tone and, you know, what we're going to see, you know, for the rest of the story.
1: And, yeah, I love how later on, you know, you see all the Mandalorians come out to help him. And, you know, after all these credences and rules have been like placed in front of us in the show, them just breaking it to, you know, show their bond and friendship with it. This is the way.
2: Number 15. Anakin slaughters the younglings.
3: The revenge of the Sith. There are too many of them. What are we going to do?
1: If you wanted to see how dark Anakin could become, this is how dark he can become. Um, Anakin slaughtering younglings was definitely not something I was prepared for when I went to go see the movie. I like I knew I know the evil of Darth Vader, but I never thought they would actually take it to that limit in Star Wars. Absolutely not. So it was crazy <laughs> to see that.
0: Yeah, it was kind of out of left field. It did. It was just I don't know. It felt like it was like in a different movie. Uh, it, it became like a horror movie all of a sudden. I thought it mm. was like metal is all hell. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I'm sick. Um, but what a great way to really convey the transformation from Anakin to Darth Vader. That, you know, this character that, you know, we kind of like <laughs> in the first two movies, you know, willing to steep down to these depths um, to serve his master.
2: Number 14. Ray saves Finn the Force Awakens.
0: You know, throughout Force Awakens, there are a lot of little clues and hints that we're going to get to this moment eventually, but it Mm -hmm. still doesn't change how iconic of a moment it really is. I remember still seeing this opening weekend and just the pop from the crowd once she fucking sparks up that lightsaber and saves Finn's ass.
1: Absolutely, and it really like showed off like how powerful she could be. Um, it really made this really awesome character moment for her, and I definitely think it deserves to be on this list.
2: Number 13. The Jedi Master reveals himself. Return of the Jedi.
1: Java, this is your last chance. Free us or die.
0: This is absolutely one of my favorite Luke moments Um, and really kind of starts off at Jabba's palace when he walks in all in black, just looking like a fucking badass. Um, No fear whatsoever um, without a lightsaber. Uh, But then, you know, when he's on Jabba's barge and, you know, it looks like they're down to their last bullet. He's sitting on that plank and he gives a little nod to R2 and that fucking lightsaber comes shooting out. And he fucking flips around (laughs) somehow. It's just an insane moment. And we get to see Luke as just this like fully formed Jedi master. Finally, Um, as he just takes out all the fucking Jabba's men. Um, you know, and then we we even get a nice little moment with Leia choking out Jabba. I mean, it really is Luke's coming out party as like a Jedi master.
1: No, what a great reintroduction to, I mean, not only just to him, but like the whole gang and that whole scene. I mean, you get really just great elements from each character, but, you know, Luke stands out the most. He's so, he's so confident in that moment that it's really telling, you know, how much he's been training, you know, how well he put that new lightsaber together. You know, it's just how how great of a character he can be in that moment. It was a great start to this film.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, like I said, when Luke walks into Jabba's palace and he just has fucking ice in his veins, I mean, just the way that he confronts Jabba and he's just unflappable.
2: Number 12. Death of Quiggan. The Phantom Menace.
0: Fuck (laughs) (laughs) Qui-Gon. He's a shitty fucking Jedi. There I said it. (laughs) Okay.
1: Not not where I thought this was going. (laughs) So you you're into this moment for the death of Qui-Gon not Absolutely. not the, not the that fucking
0: insanely wonderful beautiful display of artistry that is this Jedi, you know, battle. No, it's it's Qui-Gon fucking dying. Oh, okay, man. Je- I mean, if you say Christian. so. <laughs> I was so happy to see him die at this point in the movie. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's a great lightsaber battle. Don't get me wrong. The music is fucking fantastic. Duel of Fates. But for me, it's all about Qui-Gon biting the big one. <laughs> he, I mean, if you watch him throughout the entire fucking movie, I mean, he's just the worst. He's the worst Jedi.
1: You gotta be careful, man. Liam Neeson's gonna Hey, hey him man, him. <laughs> Liam
0: Neeson's a great actor, but this was not his fucking, like, crowning moment. I just I I don't I don't care for the character I I don't feel like Lucas understood what the fuck the force was at this point because it doesn't seem qui God <laughs> could use it the right way like I didn't know what the hell was going on so uh, I yeah no no but I mean really it is a great lightsaber battle right. no absolutely this
1: was fully realized jedi versus Sith, and that's why you know this is one of the greatest moments in this film and trilogy in general yes
0: yes i don't know if any lightsaber battle really has lived up to this one yeah i mean you know maybe one that we talked about later on it's just such a beautiful display of you Mm -hmm. know of promise of what we could be getting you know you know further on down the road um, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe what we got in this past episode of Clone Wars, where they actually mo uh Ray Park again. Yes. Was a fant- <laughs> that was a that great That was a great was fucking a great lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think maybe this just doesn't rank higher on my list just because of I didn't care for Qui-Gon. So <laughs> once again, <laughs> I'll reinstate fuck Qui-Gon
1: he does suck I, I'm not afraid to admit it
2: <laughs> number 11 Kylo kills snow the last Jedi and now
3: foolish child he ignites it and kills his true enemy
0: And this is really, I mean, the entire scene, the the entire throne room scene and the teaming up of, you know, Kylo and Rey um, just, you know, being completely stunned by, you know, Kylo killing Snoke. um, You know, we get this like epic glance at what could have been really with, you know, their team up and just this one of the greatest lightsaber battles, you know, on screen. I mean, probably second to maybe, you know, Duel of Fates.
1: No, absolutely. The choreography in this scene is bar none as close, I think, as perfect to Duel of Fates as it could get. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a great moment of like, you get the symmetry and the balance between the two of them. You see the way that they fight. Um, and I definitely was like, all about like, this gray Jedi thing that I was trying to get to happen during this. Uh, moment. Okay. So- well, and I think that's
0: what makes this moment. So great is just like, as an audience member, you have this like glimmer of hope that, you know, this is going mm-hmm. to be Kylo, you know, turning back to the light side. And, you know, we just get this, like, what the fuck moment of him killing Snoke. You're like, because, I mean, I didn't see that coming at all. You know, this is this is oh, really, yeah. like, in our minds, this is the emperor of this trilogy. So to see him, like, you know, get taken out halfway through the second film is kind of a what-the-fuck moment. Um, <laughs> but... You know, I think when you're seeing them battle together, you're seeing the great chemistry and everything. You're kind of like you start imagining these two like teaming up against the First Mm -hmm. Order. But then they do like the classic wrestling 101 move of giving us the false face turn, you know, and then the (laughs) reheal turn, um, you know, within the next, you know, a couple minutes after the battle. You're like, oh, no, this is this wasn't a move out of the goodness of his heart. You know, he's not siding with the resistance. This was a power play, you know, and this was him trying to manipulate Rey into joining. No, absolutely.
1: Him. It drew the lines and it really showed where he could become the next big bad for the series. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Yes,
0: it did not.
2: <laughs> Number 10. Luke stands against the entire First Order of the Last Jedi. More!
0: So this is by far my favorite moment in The Last Jedi. This is kind of like the Luke Skywalker we're all kind of hoping to get throughout, you know, from the start of the movie, really, and throughout. Um, But I do—overall, I did enjoy his arc because we got to this moment. I do wish he was really there during it. But the fact that he's facing down, you know, the entire First Order— and Kylo is fucking terrified of him, <laughs> where he's literally just having them blast away. And then once all the dust settles and we still see Luke sitting there, just just a fantastic moment.
1: No, and just the, the planet was designed to like make that shot even more beautiful with all the, the smoke and everything coming up. Yeah. Was really well done, and that just to see him exuding that same kind of confidence that we saw at the bars, yes, <laughs> you know, as he walks out after millions of blasts just came his way. Perfect, like I said, like perfect.
0: I mean, once again, I understand the arc that you know Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. was going for with Luke. I do, um, but man, what if we got a whole movie with this? You know, this version <laughs> of Luke. I I don't know, man, it is what it is, though.
2: <laughs> Number nine. Han
0: shoots
2: first. A new hope. I
0: I don't care what George Lucas says. (laughs) I know he's the creator. I know this is his piece of work and he can do whatever the fuck he wants with it. But Han Solo shot first. It means everything to that character. It was the perfect introduction to him. Um... You know, and it's like the start of this perfect arc. The fact that he went back and re-edited it, it just really, you know, takes the wind out of the sails Mm. of, you know, who Han really is. It really hurts, you know, the moment at the end of the movie where Han eventually comes back and, you know, saves his friends. So... You know, I love everything that, you know, is happening around that scene. You know, this really it's kind of the introduction to like the whole Star Wars universe, you know, all in the fucking cantina, you know, seeing, you know, this like, you know, melting pot of different aliens and everything. Um, Just breathtaking, you know, as a young kid watching that. Uh, But yeah, no, Han shot first, damn it.
1: No, it's crazy like how much they've edited it over time as well like they still like when it came to disney plus they edited yes! it again
0: yes i don't i it's so bizarre and then he like says something in alien or something right yeah,
1: yeah uh, per clunky or something, something like that. something
0: weird <laughs> i don't know what they're doing um i'm still like you know hoping that you know and i thought it maybe would be this year that, you know, Disney would, like, actually release, Hmm. like, the unedited versions of the original trilogy. But, you know, I guess I shouldn't hold my breath. (laughs) No, it's it's scenes like these
1: that make your character three-dimensional. And when you change it, it it takes away the meaning of his heroism later on. Mm -hmm. Um, I totally agree. It shouldn't be changed And Han fucking shot first.
2: Number eight, Walker Down. The Empire Strikes Back.
1: Uh, one of my favorite things about Star Wars in general is all the fucking ships. And you know, this scene is awesome to see them going up against these massive walkers, these AT-ATs, um uh, At them AT-ATs. At and, and no, this is the no, we're not doing this this episode. <laughs> AT-ATs. And, um, you know, they're outnumbered they're outgunned and you know to finally get this moment where they take down one of the walkers in the most you know ingenuitive ways that they could possibly think of uh, is definitely awesome and great uh, to see and it's one of like it's one of the most tension filled you know battles in the um trilogy absolutely
2: number seven i love you i know empire strikes back
3: i love you
0: i know so this moment is han solo in a nutshell he is facing impending doom and he still has like the wits about him to play it cool with the girl <laughs> like, <laughs> you know she spouts out this i love you and he looks at her and says i know as he gets fucking frozen in carbonite i mean come on now like <laughs> i dropped trial right there christian <laughs> who wouldn't <laughs> fall in love with Han Solo right there
1: <laughs> no it's absolutely a great scene I mean people put that on their wedding
0: bands nowadays It's such actually an you know what line. I think my, I have two friends who actually have that on their wedding bands it's funny that you exactly. said that exactly <laughs>
2: number six Be as Ahsoka versus Anakin Vader Anakin weak
3: I destroyed him then
0: i will avenge his death revenge is not the jedi way i am no jedi so this was the confrontation between like master and apprentice that fans have been waiting for um and this epic battle did not disappoint i will argue this moment um even though animated carries like more weight than what we saw between like Obi-Wan and like Anakin and the their final battle. Um, and even though it's just for a fleeting moment, you really see how much like Ahsoka means to Anakin.
1: Yeah, there's just so much raw, organic like emotion in this scene. It's probably one of my favorite things in animation in like the last ten years in general. Mm-hmm. Like they handled it so well. It's so fucking dark, too, for kids. Yes, but it's so well handled. There's it's such a great battle, and I do agree. It has so much more weight than obi-wan versus anakin and that's that's saying a lot for you know that's the pinnacle of the prequel trilogy i guess
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later <laughs> but no i, I agree 100 percent. i mean it really it's just raw emotion and it's kind of what everyone like since the beginning of clone wars was wondering about like what this confrontation would look like and we finally got mm-hmm. it and it did not disappoint
2: Number five, into the garbage chute, flyboy. Luke and Han meet Leia, Somebody a new home.
1: So Leia's just not your average princess. <laughs> when we get to meet her, she comes out. F- Straight out the gate, making fun of Luke and Han in general. And that whole scene, you really get this idea of this really awesome character that she is. And that she's this take charge leader as well. You know, um, she's telling the boys that are there to save her how to get out of this situation. She's saving them. And it's such a great introduction to her as a character character as well as um, just the dynamic between the three of them. You get this great chemistry back and forth between her and Han and Luke trying to just wrangle them together It's such a fun yeah, moment. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it almost feels like she's annoyed that she's being rescued. Like it's like they're <laughs> getting in the way of her plan to like, you know, uh-huh. save herself. <laughs> I mean, that's why I love the moment so much. It really just is a great setup for, you know, the character.
2: Number four, Han comes back. Death Star 1, Trench Run. Okay. A new hope.
3: What? Yahoo!
0: This is when Han goes from being like a selfish space pirate, as we talked about before, to being a true hero. Um, you know, we get to see his true colors as he aids Luke in taking down the Death Star.
1: Nah, man, I'm just in it for the TIE Fighter noises, <laughs> if we're being honest. I mean, th- th- I fucking love the screech of a TIE fighter <laughs> and this whole scene is just
0: uh-huh. like the
1: entire time it's intense um, though it's I intense love the scene rug.
0: it's still fucking it's
1: absolutely intense it still plays well no it looks beautiful it's toys running across but I mean it looks great what they were able to do with special effects for that time beautiful it still looks great to this day it made for a great arcade game. exactly I still play that arcade <laughs> game when I can I've beaten that
2: <laughs> number three Vader unleashed.
0: Rogue One. Fire! This was the reminder that we all needed about what makes Darth Vader one of the greatest villains in cinema history. Um, you know, over time, he's become so entrenched in pop culture. He's become as iconic as like Mickey Mouse, Superman, Apple Pie, the American flag, the whole shebang. But I think he's become kind of like just, you know, just because we've seen him so much, you know, we've been he's been overexposed and he's become like almost Mm -hmm. watered down. Well, Rogue One in one scene undid all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got a look. Finally, a look at Vader at full force. Just mowing down fucking rebel soldiers.
1: I mean, It's it's horrifying. Like this is like his like Michael Myers moment where he's just charging down at them and killing everything in sight. It's fucking awesome. And they're just begging, <laughs> <laughs> just begging at the door.
0: No, I, like this. I would like to see a whole movie. Of well, exactly. This, you know, <laughs> like this made me want a Jedi Hunt movie more than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something I've been clamoring for for years but this right here just i mean this was just fucking vader is full glory give me more of this
2: number two vader redemption the return of the jedi
1: All right, this was the culmination of his arc. I mean, we got to see Vader from the evil guy <laughs> in the hallway t- all the way to, you know, the, the somewhat okay dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to
0: win Father of the Year anytime soon, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, it was great to get this moment between him and Luke and just him throwing over Palpatine in general. But that fight beforehand has so much raw emotion. You know, I love the moment that Luke finally loses it and actually goes at him. and Mm -hmm. You know, how brutal Luke was getting uh, when he's charged up. I thought that was just a well-handled fight. You know, it, it doesn't have crazy stunts and choreography, but it has that raw feeling behind it. No, it's it.
0: visceral. And it's really, it's a, a battle for like Luke's soul. Um, you know, and the yes. fact that you've got the Emperor in the background just cackling away um, it just adds so much to the scene. Uh, and then, you know, Vader finally waking up to what's happening and watching his son dying in front of him. I mean, it is. It, I mean, Vader's redemption is a great final act for the character.
2: Number one. Obi-Wan I am your Father. Whatever. The Empire strikes back.
0: He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. it's oh. no. no. not true. Now, as predictable and safe as this pick is, there's a reason for it. It's absolutely one of the most iconic moments, not just in Star Wars history, in film history. I think it is absolutely one of the biggest fucking, you know, plot twists, you know, that we've ever seen, you know, in cinema. As a kid, I remember where I was when I first saw the scene and what it meant to me and, like, how absolutely, like, just gasp I was and just confused and, you know... Almost like in denial like Luke when this scene happened that I like went through these painstaking lengths as an adult to preserve this moment for my daughter. Like I made sure like she had like at the time (laughs) she had a bunch of like Star Wars books and she actually had an Empire Strikes Back one that kind of retold the story. And I made sure she did not touch that book until she saw this movie. And like any good father should or Star Wars fan should, you know, I made sure that she started with the original trilogy so she could get the full effect of this moment because I feel like it really just sets up your love. You know your fandom for Star Wars. Absolutely, I'm
1: not sure if I knew the moment beforehand or not, because it was like something that's so passed around. That's like such an iconic line. I mean, everyone says it wrong nowadays, but it happens. I still say, say it. wrong. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> um, it's such a powerful moment, and it resonates throughout pop culture in general. I think that, I don't think there's a medium out there that doesn't talk about this scene. oh
0: absolutely i mean it's a mode where you can just um, quote it and everyone knows exactly what you're talking about even if they haven't seen star wars exactly (laughs) uh and and the scene in general you know everything that you
1: got with them on the ledge and the fight beforehand is so beautiful Um, i love the fight between vader and luke in this film and uh, there's so much rage and like you can understand why yoda would not want luke to go into this fight you know there's a lot of the force that um, Luke doesn't no, understand. No, he, at this he point.
0: absolutely is not ready for this exactly. at all, like for this battle. Um and you see it, you know, there's absolutely there's a reason why Yoda and Obi-Wan did not want, you know, Luke to take off and save his friends. Um because they knew this is what would happen. Uh, it, it just <laughs> Once again, the fact that he gets his fucking hand cut off right before this moment, too. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You want to talk about a one-two punch? I, Vader, once again, is not going to win any Father of the Year awards. Um, <laughs> hey,
1: sometimes you got to teach a child a lesson. Yeah, right?
0: Um, <laughs> but, I mean, just Mark Hamill's performance in this moment, too. Mm. Just how distraught he is and how he's just crying and screaming no. I mean, you could feel his pain, like, through the screen. No, there's a genuine shrill in his voice. It's Hamill's performance that really takes this moment to the next level. Christian, just like the Chosen One, we must bring balance to the Force, or this countdown. Let's talk our (laughs) top five worst Star Wars moments.
2: Now loading the five worst moments in Star Wars history... Number five, Obi Wan has the high ground. Revenge of the Sith.
3: It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. You underestimate my power. Don't try it.
0: Christian, I know this is super quotable, but what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's finding one on one. Whoever has the high ground wins. I, this is one of the stupidest fucking lines that I've ever heard. Like, I mean, we just watch them flipping and jumping and like, I mean, this epic fucking battle, you know, through the lava pits of fucking Mustafar. I mean, there's tons of moments where fucking Obi Wan is higher than Anakin and vice versa. Why is this? Supposed to be like the end of the fight, like he he's won, checkmate. And why does Anakin fall for it? I don't know. How is this <laughs> the end of the battle?
1: <laughs> he's like an extremely skilled fighter too, which is
0: the. It doesn't make part. any sense. It's over, Anakin. No, it's not. It's not over. <laughs> I have the Force, you dumbass. <laughs> what are you talking about? It makes no sense. All he has to do is fucking force choke him or throw him or just wait till Obi-Wan comes down <laughs> or walk away. <laughs>
1: yeah. Obi-Wan is the one chasing him. Yeah, right? I don't, like. It, it makes no sense. He could have just floated off like, okay, bye. <laughs> it's fun to
0: quote, but it makes no fucking sense. And I think it's part of the reason why it's so fun to quote is because it's ridiculous. But I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know, man. That, maybe it's just me. But
1: the series is all
0: memes. <laughs> so. The prequels, absolutely.
2: Wait, do we believe this? It cannot be! Rise the Emperor is dead!
0: Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith know. Dark science, Christian. Secrets only the Sith know. And apparently the writers don't. Because this is the laziest <laughs> fucking bullshit I have ever heard. I mean, this is absolutely everything that's wrong with this film in one sentence. The fact that they tried to explain away... <laughs> the fe- you know that the emperor has somehow come back to life and amassed this giant army behind him and has this whole fucking church of sith worshipping him and it was underneath everyone's fucking nose and that's how they explain
1: everything it. boiled down to if there was ever a hard issue it came down to it's the force yeah.
0: <laughs> pretty much well and that's, this is the thing you know I don't expect tons of explanation. I don't need it with the Star Wars movies. There's a lot of moments like this where they, you know, they use the scroll for a reason. So we just jump into the movie and, it, it, you know, it plays like those old school fucking, you know, serials. But this, I mean, you got to give us more than this. You know, the Emperor's (laughs) all of a sudden back. We don't know how we're not getting anything like it took what was like six months later when the the, uh, novelization was released, where we started to finally fill in the blanks, you know, whether we liked it or not. But I mean, it's just laziness and it just shows you that they just had too much film for their runtime. The fact that they couldn't fucking hammer down a concrete explanation to what the fuck is going on. You know, I mean, it's just it's once again, it's everything that's wrong with this film.
2: (laughs) Number three. Boba Fett falls into the Sarlacc pit. Return of the Jedi.
0: This man that I never met before, you know, who introduced me to this wonderful universe, he can give it and he can take it away so quickly. <laughs> we get this awesome character, Boba Fett, who's been hyped up through fucking merchandise. I mean, everything imaginable. His face is on literally on my under Okay. <laughs> His face is on my underoos. Like my... To- every I loved Bobo Fett. And then within, what, like the first half hour of Return of the Jedi, they kill him off in one of the fucking dopiest fashions of all time. <laughs> you couldn't at least let him go out like a fucking, you know, badass bounty hunter. You had to have Han accidentally... <laughs> Trigger his fucking jetpack and then shoot him off. Into the fucking Sarlacc pit, screaming like a fucking bitch. It's pure gold. It's comedy. (laughs) It's pure bullshit, Christian. Pure bullshit. This Once again, this is proof that George just doesn't understand his fan base. (laughs) He's so invested in these fuzzy little fucking Ewoks that he forgets what really brought him to the dance. These cool fucking characters. I mean... I get it, you want to sell toys, fine. But, I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, and then, like, once again, during Phantom Menace, we get this all over again with fucking Darth Maul. Don't forget Captain Phasma. Yes,
1: <laughs> but that's not George's fault. I totally fell for that's that. That's
0: not George's fault. I feel sure. like that was JJ just trying to like keep it full. Uh, I thought circle. she
1: was going to be a huge character that's going to have like total badass moments, and they totally played that up. She like even the actress of. Uh, was saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be this badass character. And, you know, they did nothing. But, yeah, Boba Fett got, got the shits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, thank God. I love that scene. Thank you God with, for fandom to, like, you know, pull him up to mm-hmm. the levels that he is, you know, that he's at right now, just through the expanded universe and everything like that. I and mean, it shows you, like, what, a, you know, how much the character actually resonated. I mean, without, like, you know, fans' dedication to the character and, you know, writers' dedication to the character, we wouldn't be having, like, you know, these wonderful arcs about Mandalore and Clone Wars and you know, the Mandalorian like TV show that's all on the back of like Bobo Fett.
1: Exactly. And hopefully he still shows up in the next season. (laughs) We'll see. I'm not
0: holding my breath.
2: Number two, it's treason then revenge of the Sith.
0: Not yet. It's treason
1: well we talked about quotable moments earlier but i mean nothing is better than this scene with palpatine versus windu where we finally get re- the reveal of who the emperor is this whole time it's it's terrible the cg is awful the scream is the, awful. Faces. the faces
0: the fucking faces that he's making are so laughable it's quotable for all the wrong reasons Uh I mean, you take this, (laughs) what could have been such a great moment, and you just fucking flush it down the toilet with this hokey bullshit.
1: Like, I thought, you know, it was weird when we saw, I mean... Seeing Yoda with a lightsaber in episode two was a, it was a little funny at times, but it wasn't too crazy. But seeing this old man
0: go like flying in circles at them. You know, I, <laughs> see, I don't I can forgive the fighting style if he wasn't, you know, if it wasn't for all the facials that he's making. The, uh, uh, like, stop. <laughs> stop, Who's telling you to do this? That's what I believe. Lucas. Oh, God. <laughs> It's just so cringeworthy. Like, I actually, when I watched this with my daughter, I felt a little embarrassed. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. And she actually ended up loving it. But I think, once again, for all the wrong reasons. Just because it's, Mm -hmm. it's, she found it funny. Like, watching him make these fucking faces. Number
2: one. Anakin and Padme take a roll down a hill on Naboo. Attack of the clones.
0: Sounds an awful lot like a dictatorship to me.
2: Well, if it works.
0: I don't know if it's, you know, Lucas's wooden dialogue or just the lack of chemistry between the actors, but this is what's wrong pretty much with the prequels in a nutshell. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I mean, if these two would have actually had chemistry and we would believe in the relationship, then maybe, you know, the arc of Anakin would actually have more meaning to it. Um, But you just never believe that these two characters are in love and that this, you know, Attican would go to the lengths that he does to save her life. You know, he he literally turns to the fucking dark side and slaughters younglings for crying out loud. Um, And If you look at this scene, I mean, it feels like a high school play. You know, it feels like nice. two actors who don't really know each other just going mm. through the motion.
1: No, I saw more chemistry between Peter and MJ in the Sam Raimi tri- trilogy, and that's, you <laughs> know, that's saying something. Uh, and, you know, I can't, I feel like I can't give George Lucas any excuses because there was a lot of chemistry between a brother and sister. In, oh,
0: a lot, uh, a lot more chemistry, <laughs> exactly. which is just weird. <laughs> But, you know, whatever, uh, whatever floats your boat, George. Um, but yeah, all kidding aside, though, I mean, this I mean, this, this was really kind of like the downfall of, you know, the prequels. I mean, besides all the politics and all the other bullshit, you know, but just if these two would have worked well on screen together, I mean, how much more would Attakin's arc mean? How much more weight would there be at that moment where Attican chooses you know, to follow the emperor, it just doesn't work. Just though, like, unfortunately,
1: no, their relationship just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't feel right. No, it at feels all.
0: creepy, right? Because she's like, like, how old is she in uh, *Phantom Menace*? <laughs> she's fourteen, and he's eight. Is she? That's
1: that's the last time I checked. Really? The okay, because
0: I feel like she's a little older. <laughs> and He's like seven or eight, so it's just weird. You know,
1: it is. It, but I mean, it's not just that. It's like. She's okay with him being a psychopath. She's okay with him going on rampages of death and still trying to make it work when she's like also this like humanitarian, like trying to constantly save
0: lives. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, like, we know Natalie Portman is a fucking like an Oscar winning actress. Incredibly talented. But you would have no idea by watching these films. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but it, I I can't put it like, and we've seen her, we saw her in movies before this, so I mean, it, it it's not you know the actor's fault. It's just such a cringe worthy scene, um, mm-hmm. and just so disappointing and depressing. Like now, when I like once again, once I go back and revisit these <laughs> films, you know, with my daughter, because I really haven't watched them. You know, besides a couple scenes here and there, I don't know if it's just like over the years, you know the heart grows fonder since I hadn't seen them in so long, but like in rewatching them once again with my daughter, like I forgot like how uncomfortable some of these scenes were, <laughs> like just how much, you know, they just didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that there's a whole, what, like 15 minutes of this, like in the middle of the movie um, while they're on Naboo and it just, it, it doesn't work and it's painful. Just painful to watch. Yeah, he comes off so creepy, especially that
1: pear scene.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, yes. Oh, God. All right, let's move on. <laughs> we we really do love Star Wars. No. <laughs> we said 20 great things yes, before. we did. So just pay attention yes. to that. Yes, this is why we kept the list of five. <laughs> it's just because we're so passionate about the films, Christian. Absolutely,
1: right? absolutely.
0: Thank you, George. <laughs> all right man let's go ahead and move on and talk some more star wars since it is star wars month christian uh let's go ahead and count down our top 10 favorite characters of star wars
1: i know my list is great
2: (laughs) now accessing christian and damon's top 10 best characters in star wars
0: all right my number 10 pick is Hera.
2: It doesn't matter where we come from, Admiral. Our will to be free is what's going to
0: beat you. You. I really love Rebels. Hera is one of the main reasons why. A strong leader and an awesome pilot, Hera is the heart of the show. She's the glue that holds the team together. Her warmth and nurturing ways are matched only by her passion and dedication to the Rebels' cause. I hope one day we actually get to see, like, a live-action version of the character, or even a sequel to, like, the rebel show, and I know that's been, like, you know, rumored. Um, but yeah, Hera is definitely my number 10 pick. All right, well, for my number 10, I had Mace Windu. In the name of the
1: Galactic
3: Senate of the Republic,
1: you're under arrest, Chancellor. Uh, the reason why uh, Mace Windu makes my top 10 is because he's such an interesting character. And I, You know, we all know the story behind why he has a purple lightsaber, and it's because he came on set and said, I want a fucking purple lightsaber because he's, you know, Sam L. Jackson. But <laughs> um, fans and, like, writers over time made more story behind that and why, you know, the purple lightsaber even fucking exists. Um, a person with a purple lightsaber has an affinity uh, and pull towards both the light and dark um it's someone that has an equal um path that could either go either way so mace windu's character is pretty much you know he's a good guy that kind of fights with a little bit more darkness in him than the average guy and you and you see that throughout like different forms of media and stuff like that and in clone wars where he's definitely more aggressive than most of the other jedi uh and i I always found that aspect pretty cool and pretty interesting um Lore-wise, you know, I feel like what we got in the films was definitely just like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson being Samuel L. Jackson in space. So, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's as far as that really went. But I feel like the character as a whole was a pretty interesting guy.
0: My number nine pick is Boba Fett. Begrudgingly. He's no good to me dead. When I was younger, and maybe even now a little, I was completely obsessed with Boba Fett. I don't know if it's just the awesome character design, or like the mysterious backstory, or the fact that his job title is Intergalactic Bounty Hunter, um, which is just totally fucking badass, um, but Boba Fett was still and always be the man in my book. Sure, George had him go out in ridiculous fashion, and it really took the fans' passion and a slew of writers to rectify that mistake, and yeah... I kind of hate the origin story that we got um, in the prequels for him, but um, in the long run, he still has to make my top ten list.
1: All right, my number nine was
0: General Grievous.
3: You fool! I've been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku.
1: Grievous is a you know, you know, comic relief character in the films for some reason, but like everything that they've shown before that in Clone Wars, or even like that that short-lived Clone Wars animated series, he's a total badass, and it makes no sense. He's going around collecting, you know, the lightsabers of Jedi that he's bested, and this is a guy who's only been trained in, you know, the art of fighting with a lightsaber, not, he doesn't have any real force skills, so he's going out there, and he's slaughtering Jedi, pretty much, and then we get to the films, and he's just kind of a, you know, coughing coward. It, it just was, it was a very weird switch, but, you know, um, it left such an impression, all the actions we got to see in Clone Wars and, you know, the other uh, mediums like comics and such, uh, that he's definitely one of my favorite characters, and I definitely wish he was better represented in the prequel trilogy.
0: All right, at number eight, I have none other than Lando Calrissian. Are well, you slimy,
3: double-crossing, no-good swindler. You've got a lot of guts coming what you pulled
0: mm. <laughs> How you Hey Antonio, parrot so good to see you. I never I could see you well, he seems very friendly. Lando is one smooth motherfucker. Hans shady ass friend from his past goes kind of on a similar hero's journey. Um, as Solo, um, but does it with a lot more style. Um, at first, I, it really seems like he's only like got his self-interest in mind, but then we go on to witness what a true friend Lando is when he takes part in not only saving his friend from Jabba, but also piloting the Millennium Falcon in the final battle against the Empire. Um, and whether it's Billy D. Williams or Donald Glover, no one rocks a fucking cape like Lando. Like I said, he is one smooth motherfucker. I
1: gotta agree because also my number eight was Lando.
0: Everything
3: you've heard about me is true.
1: As you said, you know he's he's just as much of a scoundrel as um, Han, but you know he's he's more suave. He's he's <laughs> he's also a little bit batty, which I kind of love. Um, you know, we get these missions in some of the video games where you get to play as Lando. And, you know, he is just spinning off these wild, crazy lines, very similar to how he was acting um, in parts of Return of the Jedi. You know, um, he's 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 a very fun character. And that's why I get behind him. You know, he's he's the suave, cool. Han, well, not I wouldn't say cooler, but he's definitely the suave, badass um, Han Solo in a cape.
0: <laughs> All right. At number seven, I have Kylo Ren. Snoke, Skywalker,
3: the Sith, the
0: Jedi, the Rebels, let it all die. Rey, I want you to join me. I fucking love this incredibly flawed character, I have to admit. Um, I feel like this, like, emo wannabe Sith Lord fits perfectly into, like, the Skywalker legacy. I mean, you think about Anakin and Luke. They're all kind of bratty um, at first. And, uh, like, you know, they have their anger issues. And Kylo's really no different. Like, he's incredibly, like... Fierce and, like, full of rage and angst. Like, I always picture him, like, training to Depeche Mode at night, you know, with his shirt off, working on shoulders to get that really boxy look. You know, writing in his journal after, like, brushing his hair in the mirror. um, You know, complaining about how no one understands him. I would actually, like to love one day to see his backstory and I know it's playing out like in the comics right now um but like to see like on screen at least like what happens to like you know corrupt him and turn him against you know the Jedi um you know maybe even like you know animated style like clone wars um i think that would be fascinating to watch like that relationship between uncle and nephew master and apprentice eventually just get corrupted and go wrong
1: well for my number
0: seven i had admiral Akbar. are you fucking kidding me it's a trap what number <laughs> se- First of all <laughs> <laughs> why
3: i'm I love that. Yeah, it's Akbar, not. But
0: you're not serious. I am serious. But you're not taking the countdown serious.
1: Yes, I am taking the countdown <laughs> serious. So while "It's a trap" is an iconic line, there's actually a lot more to um, Akbar and his relationship with the rebellion um, that we get in the comics and what we what I read in a lot of Vader comics, which was you know we kind of see you know, why the Mon Calamari even joined the rebellion in the first place and how they all got tricked. And, you know, you see Akbar kind of get thrown into this role. Um, And it's, it's very interesting, you know, you get this like misfortune of these people that are just trying to deal with the empire and save themselves as much as possible. And then they become the key element of the rebellion. I think um, Akbar becoming a general and everything that he did was very awesome. And then his death in the newer trilogy just eh, it kind of fell flat for me because I I knew a little bit more of his history at this point. Um, I I think he's a fun character. I think uh, the line is always going to stick with me, and I definitely got more into his past, reading more into the mod calamari and what happened.
0: All right, man. Well, when you first said Akbar, I thought you're trying to take a piss on this fucking <laughs> countdown. You know, I was gonna, I was you know gonna basically say you're a you know. Affecting the the integrity of the countdown, <laughs> but when you talk about the backstory and everything like that. Fine, I guess I'll let that be your pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number six pick is The Mandalorian. I can get you more credits. I can bring you in warm. Or I can bring you in cold. Uh, Din Djarin? I can't remember how they actually pronounce his real name. Um, They said it once on the show, whatever. Um, But yeah, the Mandalorian show is absolutely my beacon of hope right now for the Star Wars franchise. Uh, Mando operates and gives us a glimpse of the underworld um, of the galaxy. Stoic, mysterious, monotone. He lives by a code and he's a fucking space samurai who, you know, like many great Star Wars characters, live in this morally gray area. His loyalty and his heart are his greatest strengths, but he's not afraid to pull the trigger if he has to. For my number
1: six, I have none other than the Emperor himself, Darth Sidious.
3: The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate.
1: Uh, While he is probably the most memeable character in Star Wars, um, he is also the Dark architect of the destruction of the jedi and um you know there's there's some credit there you know he's there talking to the jedi half the time he's in the senate you know and they don't even know who he is they have no idea that he is this this dark entity in their world and you know that has to show some type of power there you know Beyond that, we get you know all the menace and all the, the pain and suffering that he brings on Vader just to get him to be more powerful later on, and you know all the little like he's always got another game plan going on, and that's how we even that's how we get to Episode Nine where he's still somehow with us, uh, you know, Dark Science and all. But uh, <laughs> you know he is a he is a crazy awesome character, and I think you know while. He is the butt of a few jokes in the in the series. I feel like, you know, he is the ultimate bad guy throughout Star Wars at the end
0: of the day. Alright, my number five pick is Ahsoka.
3: Ahsoka, you are making a mistake.
2: Maybe, but I have to sort this out on my own. Without the council and without you.
0: Ahsoka has one of the greatest journeys of any Star Wars character. Going from this stubborn, brash Padawan to this, like, mature, independent leader, she's truly the main protagonist in, you know, the whole Clone Wars series. Um, through her eyes, we get to really explore the Jedi um, a- in a different light. And, you know, she exposes many of their flaws. She challenges the Jedi's way of doing things and isn't afraid to ask questions and walk away when she thinks they're wrong. Um, she's really the moral compass of the entire se- series. And, you know, I think that's why I love her so much. For
1: my number five, I have Darth Maul. At last, we will reveal ourselves to
3: the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge.
1: Maul is the true menace of the Star Wars franchise. While, you know, there's plenty of war going on, he is always in the background causing some kind of chaos. Not not only just for the Jedi, but also for um per palpatine himself you know uh he is there you know causing his own trouble he's also becomes a fucking you know gangster which which i thought was pretty awesome um and i wish we got we i wish we got to explore that a little bit more uh, but you know what we got in the clone wars of him menacing around I'm, i know i'm throwing that word in there a lot but uh menacing around and you know really you know getting going after obi-wan that's st- the whole storyline with him and obi-wan constantly going back and forth even up to his death uh i really loved how they handled the character throughout all of clone wars and rebels um you know he's part of that huge moment between ahsoka and vader as well uh it's he's, he just plays these really cool um elements and moments for star wars as a whole a lot of what he talks about also kind of builds up the uh the emphasis of how powerful and evil the emperor is throughout clone wars as well um and you know he puts a lot of emphasis on the master plan and getting us behind you know you know what's about to happen you know he's a he's a he's a key player in all of that you know Um, and who doesn't love his battle in episode one So uh, that's why he is on my list as number
0: five. All right, my number four pick is Han Solo. Laugh it up, fuzzball. But you didn't see us alone in the South Passage. She expressed her true feelings for me. This no-good scoundrel is as cranky as he is heroic at times. Gruff, cocky, hard around the edges, but deep down, what matters most to him is his friends. Uh, He's not a Jedi, but when the shit hits the fan, he's one of the most entertaining characters to watch in the Star Wars series, um, as he always manages to get himself out of anything the Empire throws at him. He always manages to beat the odds. For my number four, I have Tarkin.
1: Grand Moth Tarkin is a true force to be reckoned with, even though he doesn't wield any force abilities. You know, And he stands tall against... Even Vader. He even comes off as like Vader's handler in Episode 4. And, you know, we see this kind of relationship he has with Vader in the comics. You know, how he's kind of like manipulating him and a little bit above him uh, in this kind of mental game. And it it really makes Tarkin into this very cool, evil character. You know, and his confrontation with Leia and the Rebels in Episode 4 you know, is iconic, you know. um, Peter Cushing does such an amazing job. You know, he still finds a way to stand out even as a military leader. He's not boring, he's not just part of the scenery and you know, the wake of Vader and stuff like that. He stands out and he has a massive presence in the film.
0: My number three pick is Princess Leia.
3: What? Why you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy looking nerf herder.
0: She's no damsel in distress. This hard-nosed, cunning leader is the soul of not only the Rebel Alliance, but also the Resistance years later. She's one of the core characters um, from the original trilogy that just never wavered and abandoned the mission. Even after her son was corrupted by the dark side, it only made her conviction stronger. Princess Leia, like I said, no, fuck that. General Leia is the living embodiment of the Rebellion.
1: Well, for my number three, I had Han Solo. Who's scruffy looking? Like you said in last week's countdown, who doesn't want to be Han Solo? He is that awesome fucking scoundrel. You know, um, he does, as you said, gets through pretty much every little thing that the Empire throws at his, throws his way, except for maybe frozen carbonite. But, <laughs> you know, one of the greatest pilots in the galaxy... Um, his parsec runs a little questionable as we saw in Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, you know, he's been a part of all those big moments in Star Wars as well. You know, he saves Luke. He, he's just a classic character. He's part of the main three from the original trilogy, and you have to have him in your list no matter what.
0: All right, my number two pick is Luke Skywalker. You failed, Your Highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. So, this whiny farm boy overcoming the sins of his father to become a Jedi Knight and the savior of a galaxy is modern mythology at this point. Um, the original trilogy is really Luke's story. And like I've said in the past, there isn't a person my age who didn't pretend to be Luke as a child, like battling against evil. He's just the ultimate hero. Um, when I think of, you know, Luke, I think of Luke dressed all in black with no fear in his eyes walking into impending doom. Luke's heroism isn't just about facing down threats from the Imperial Empire. It's really about him, like, dealing with his own inner demons, like all that angst and rage and self-doubt and still overcoming. Um, that's why Skywalker is definitely my number two pick. For my number two, I have Ahsoka Tano.
2: I'm glad I gave you something to look forward to.
1: Ahsoka, as... Uh, we both agree is a fully formed character, um, you know. And I've I rode that journey of growth, you know, with everyone else. You know, I thought she, as I said last week, you know, a super annoying character when I first met her. And God, I thought the Clone Wars film that they made originally was god awful. So I was definitely very against Ahsoka Tano, um, and you know what they did with Clone Wars, and you know, showing this character's growth. Um, having her face, you know, these morality decisions with the Jedi and showing the dark side of, of the lights, you know, uh, really brought so much to this character. Brought so much. Like, there's so many moments with Ahsoka that I will probably say are probably my top moments in Star Wars. Like, as I think that was one of the things that we fought on last week was, you know, how important was Ahsoka versus Vader. Uh, And I really originally when I was putting that list together, I had it as my number one. You know, um, that moment had so much had so much raw like potential and, you know, how it was handled um, really made it such a such a huge moment for me as a fan, you know, to be that entrenched and drawn into a kid's cartoon over her journey to get to this point. You know, I was really into this character and, you know. I feel like this season of Clone Wars in general really solidified my love for this character. And hopefully we get the same amount of love and attention uh, for this character
0: down the road in the live action version. All right. And number one on my countdown is Darth Vader. If you only knew the power of the dark side. There isn't a sadder story than the one of Anakin Skywalker. Um, thought to be the chosen one, fighting on the side of the Jedi to bring balance to the force. Little did they know what that prophecy truly meant. Um, you know, he's manipulated and corrupted by Palpatine, But the Jedi, they're really not blameless either, um, if you think about it. I mean, their strict, rigid ways kind of push push them towards that, you know, direction also. Um, He becomes, in the long run, the Emperor's dog of war, the ultimate evil in the galaxy. Um, He's truly, if you think about it, he's truly a fallen angel character. Um, But all that aside, just aesthetically, this is one of the coolest fucking villains to ever really on, like, the big screen. I don't know if it's the voice or the lightsaber or just the fucking, you know, jet black costume um but like or maybe it's the pervy breathing but I you know, you put all those ingredients together and you have just one amazing villain. Um and just, you know, a villain that you you should really truly fear. Um and that's why Vader, the Sith Lord, is number one on my countdown.
1: Absolutely. He is my number one as well. Darth Vader is darkness. You know, his storyline, while shaky in the um, prequels, is still so powerful watching his growth from anakin to vader to then you know redeeming himself and saving and bringing saving and bringing true balance to the force by destroying the emperor uh, you know you really get this sense of closure to this storyline that we were promised from the very beginning with him you know um uh, as as you know as someone that grew up with the prequels and stuff like that Uh Vader just really comes off as this pure badass character. And there's so much more I feel like needs to be explored with him. I, I really have to get that Jedi Hunt um, story. I really need that put onto either the screen or the small screen. You know, give it to me. <laughs> All
0: right. Hold on, Christian. Yeah. Let me get this straight. <laughs> Fucking Admiral Akbar <laughs> made your top ten list. But Luke... And fucking Leia, don't even crack it? What I'm the, probably, what the you know, fuck is wrong with you, man?
1: I'm probably just being that hipster Star Wars kid. I think you
0: are, man. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, I know you're a prequels kid, but come on, dude. Luke and Leia. (laughs) Who else did you put on? I mean, Mace Windu? (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's a cool character, but like, over Luke and Leia? (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you? You're embarrassing the show. Hey, at least there's some diversity between our lists. I guess. I guess.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm making the ads you make, you know, even more filled. Uh Plenty of characters. Sure. (laughs) Sure, <laughs> i'm helping you out yeah Uh <laughs> oh,
0: all right so christian do you have any honorable mentions um if i could i would say darth
1: revan would be my honorable mention just because he isn't in canon in the star wars lore uh you know he's one of those characters that really he will be though it, Right? At some point, yeah, yeah, they're definitely gonna bring him in. But he's such a cool character. He's a guy that plays on both sides with the Jedi and the Sith. You get him going back and forth, you know, based on your decisions that you make in the game. But
0: <laughs> aren't, aren't they? Um, they're remaking that game, right? The old Republic. Yes.
1: Game?
0: So uh, it sounds that, like they're going to. be. Will but, that make yeah. him canon?
1: Yeah, it will make him canon if they make a new game with him. But I want more. I want more than just a video game. I want big screen representation. This is another guy with a purple lightsaber as well. <laughs>
0: uh, my honorable mention would have to be Rey. I think if this, if we did this list probably after Force Awakens was released, I probably would have her on my list. Unfortunately, they just didn't really stick the landing with the character. Um, you know, she had so much potential. Um, and she still does. You know, I'm hoping that they kind of, you know, uh, salvage her story arc. Uh, you know, maybe you know, in a future movie or a show mm. or something. But, you know, I really did enjoy that character. Um, she's a badass fighter also. So I, I do enjoy watching her wield the lightsaber. I will say that. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I now that she's kind of free of the Skywalker saga, I, I am interested to see where she goes. Um, but yeah, she, she just missed the top ten. Not free of the name, though. <laughs> not not free of the name i guess
1: <laughs> i mean i feel like whatever i feel like that's the uh the same reason why kylo ren didn't make my list was like yeah maybe if this was right after the last jedi I, he probably would have been like number 10 for me you know i really love the character design i love you know his actions and stuff but the the landing really sucked
0: <laughs> yeah him so. running around in his good boy sweater um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little rough. I don't know. But I just, I love angsty Kylo. I do. Throwing uh-huh. temper tantrums and shit. That's a great character. And then once again, once again, the fight, the fighting style, you know? Yes. So. All right. So let's go ahead and rapid fire some of our worst, least favorite Star Wars characters. You go first, Christian. Rapid fire um, style. Back and forth. Here, here we go.
1: Jar Jar Binks. Okay. Quite gon <laughs> uh, been thrown on the spot here, Greedo. <laughs> Greedo, huh? He's not a cool
0: character at all. Yeah, he kind of sucks, right? He just and shows up. Making him he cool. just shows up and like gets killed. Yes. He was in Clone Wars for a little bit, you know, but yeah, he didn't really do anything oops. there either.
1: Oh, I also hate that guy from Clone Wars and Rebels, Hondo.
0: You know, it's funny because I just watched his introduction in uh, Clone Wars, and he comes uh. off like. They're portraying him as more of a serious character and like an actual threat at first, and then like he becomes just a complete like comedy act, you know, by the end of the series. And then really in Rebels, he's totally just pure comedy. So exactly. I, I agree. I agree with you one hundred percent. uh, Babu Frick. Ah, uh, yeah. Dio, the exposition <laughs> droid, if you will. Uh, let's see. We said Jar Jar already, right? Yes,
1: yes. That was the first thing I said. Okay. Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> well, well Anakin well, in the prequels. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, Anakin in Clone Wars, that's the Anakin we all deserved. Mm-hmm. But, like, we were stuck with Anakin, you know. Lucas is Anakin for, what, fucking you know, three movies. So, um, but, yeah. Man, if he was portrayed differently. If he was portrayed the way he was portrayed in Clone Wars, I mean, imagine that arc and how different you know those movies would feel. So yeah, I, I got to put Attican on my list. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> such a disappointment.
1: Uh, anyone else? Uh, I'm not afraid to admit I've never really been a big fan of BB-8
0: in general. Yeah, it's all right. I don't know.
1: Wouldn't be the worst,
0: but yeah, he's not the worst. I mean, yeah, there's no uh, Admiral Ackbar. Or that's because Admiral Ackbar <laughs> is an awesome guy I can't <laughs> get over The Admiral Ackbar is on your fucking Top 10 And not Luke and Leia For shame Christian What is wrong with you? Fucking ironic hipster. That's. <laughs> I think outside the box. box. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> man, shut your fucking mouth.
1: Luke and Leia are really awesome characters. I do enjoy them. Yeah, I don't those. know, man. I'm not just backpedaling. They are great characters.
0: Uh-huh. Were know, they Luke number was eleven twelve uh, heroes? They didn't even make your honorable mentions for crying out loud.
1: <laughs> I like villains and uh, weird and characters. And General Akbar, apparently.
0: All villains in General Ackbar. Oh, God, what the fuck did I get myself into with in this podcast? <sighs> All right. <laughs> this is what I've been looking forward to with Star Wars Month. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't have a General Ackbar like, month or week.
1: <laughs> you want that to happen? Uh, I can make that no, happen. No, that's,
0: that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> this podcast is a trap, Christian. <laughs> All right. All right, so it's time to move on. Like we said at the top of the show, all month long, we're celebrating all things Star Wars. And uh, this episode, we're bringing you a very special edition of Christian's Corner.
1: That's right, Damon, I'm talking the greatest of all time Star Wars video games. It's gonna be my top five picks.
2: Christian's Corner presents the top five Star Wars video games of all time, number five.
1: All right, uh, starting off my list, um, yeah, this was one I went back and forth on quite a bit because of Jedi Outcast, uh, which is such a great game. But at the same time, this is this feels like the modern day um, Jedi Outcast game, which is Jedi Fallen Order.
3: We've lost the Empire's hunting Jedi survivors. Now they know who you are.
1: Jedi Fallen Order is the like most recent um, Star Wars game to pretty much come out. So the main um, complaint people have for this game is that it's uh, derivative of other great games. But I I see those elements that they took from other great games and used it in the Star Wars universe. And I think that's fucking awesome. You know, uh, one of the big things is like Dark Souls um, games. And I love that series, and of course, that makes me love this game even more. Um, you know the way that they handle combat and adventure, and how free and open it is for a Star Wars game. This is exactly what I was looking for. Um, at, you know, during these times, I'm looking for more of this type of content, more single player Star Wars content, please. Um, and you know, EA had a lot to really uh, come back for. For all the problems that they had with the recent Star Wars Battlefront series. And which is, you know, those are good games, but, you know, they're bogged down with, um, you know, them trying to make money.
2: (laughs) Number four.
1: Uh, Well, so moving on to number four, I have the LEGO Star Wars uh, Complete Saga
0: Edition. They're the Skywalkers. You've met the whole family, but they've never shared the same screen. Until now... Oops. Huh? Lego Star Wars the complete saga
1: this game is a great way to introduce your kids to Star Wars in general um, they they pretty much take you through the entire story um, almost to the letter like how everything happened in all the films but they also take little fun spins at it you know Lego way um, it handles each uh, film expertly the gameplay runs extremely smooth it's on every single console possible Um, from its time you know and it it came out in 2007 it was still pretty great looking for what it was you know it's a lego game and most like uh games that take up movie licenses don't put as much detail especially back in the early 2000s as lego star wars did i thought this was a really great and fun game for everyone so i definitely think it deserves to be on this list
2: number three
1: all right uh for my number three i have the force unleashed
3: Allies are growing stronger. Do not forget that you still serve me.
1: The Fortune Least came out during a time where we were switching from the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox to the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. And it really showed off how powerful these systems can be. I mean, this game was beautiful for its time and you know it really showed off a great star wars experience as well as you play you know a dark side user and you get to go around slaughtering everything in sight it was the perfect hack and slash star wars game for the time and it really took on like you took on jedi you you had this great story um everyone was you know everything seemed like it could have been canon at the time um it was really well handled and Really well loved by the fans. And some people still want that story to be canon.
0: <laughs> I really like the opening sequence where you get to be Vader. And you're yes. like walking through the village and just like slaughtering people. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's, I mean, we eventually got that scene in like Rogue One. But at the time I was like, oh, I need this in my life. You know, I want a whole game no, no, like
1: no. this. No, no. That was like your first real taste of the Jedi hunt, right? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. No, just the physics in that game. So well done. I want, I, I kind of hope that we get another one just like that. I mean, that's kind of what we, there's some elements of that in Fallen Order, but I feel like we can push it even further, especially what they've been showing off recently in the new um, console specs and stuff like that.
2: Number two.
1: All right. Um, uh, For number two, I have Knights of the Old Republic.
0: You are strong, child, but
3: I will break you. I'll never fall to the dark side.
0: The Knights of
1: the Old Republic um, franchise in general is held to a very high regard. It is a classic RPG. Um, And the story is so well handled and so well regarded that people clamor for these characters to be brought into the main canon. You know, they were wiped away when um, Disney picked up everything. And... This is a game that can still be picked up and played today. While the graphics might be a little outdated and stuff like that, the um, storytelling is so well handled. And this is definitely a game um, that's almost regarded as one of the best games to ever be made. So definitely check it out. If you have some time, it's on Steam. Pick it up. It's very cheap. Now, And they're
0: they're currently working on doing like a, a remake of the game. Is that correct? Yes. um, They're definitely
1: remaking The Old Republic. I don't know how far, like if if they'll do strictly The Knights of the Old Republic or if they'll take elements of multiple games or so, but, you know, they're definitely um, playing around with making a new version.
0: And we've definitely heard recently that like Disney's interested in doing like a series based on this or a film based on it, correct? Yes. So, I mean, it sounds like those characters might be canon sooner than later.
2: Number one.
1: All right, and for my number one, I have classic 2005's Star Wars Battlefront two. When news of the first advance reached the
3: 501st, we knew that now we'd have to take the battle into space. Battlefront uh,
1: 1 and 2, the early ones, uh, were these awesome third-person shooters uh, where you get to play as the clones or the um, stormtroopers, and you got to play in both both eras, um, and it was so just epic. Like, you got to play online with your friends. Uh, it, was, it was this perfect just multiplayer Star Wars game, and, like, it's so popular to this day that um, Steam and other another company actually brought back the servers just so that people could play it online, even with the brand-new franchise that's out there uh wars it's just got such fluent like perfect gameplay it's uh you know battles in space battle on the ground is so fun to this day and i still play it i have it on my pc and i still run it all the time but yeah there there's plenty of great star wars games like i said at the beginning of the list you know um jedi outcast 2 was like one of the best handling at like using a lightsaber in a game ever and that definitely that mechanic still needs to come back (laughs) There's plenty of other great Star Wars games. I think, you know, me and Damon have talked about Rogue Squadron off mic quite a few times. Um, There's the uh, trilogy uh, game that's at the arcades that I play all the time when I can. I love that game. Um, There's some actually some new arcade Star Wars games that are pretty awesome as well. It's a franchise that deserves to be played. (laughs) Damon, it's been 40 years since the Empire Strikes Back came out, and we have been you know celebrating Star Wars all fucking month. Now we're finally doing it, Damon. We're doing the big one. We're ranking down every single Star Wars property that's been on TV and or on the big
0: screen. Well, almost. Like, we're not doing the Ewok movies. And we're not doing the Christmas special. We're basically ranking all the ones that we want to rank. (laughs) Sure, we'll say continuity, but whatever. It's pretty much what we've seen. (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean, we figured 15, you know, movies and TV shows was plenty. So let's get into it, Christian.
2: Now loading the final countdown of Star Wars month. Nearly every movie and TV series will be accounted for as the amazing nerd show finally presents the Star Wars franchise ranked. Number 15. Attack of the Clones.
0: They're dead.
3: Every single one of them. And not just the men, but the women and the children too.
0: So, Christian, I remember seeing this trailer and being super stoked for it. Like, just an army of Jedi, sparking lightsabers, running at some unknown enemy. Like, I was full on board. Even though I was slightly disappointed with Phantom Menace, I thought, okay, here we go. Second act. You know, Lucas is hitting the ground running. And then I get to the theater and I sit through one of the worst love stories (laughs) of all time. It was like watching a bad high school play. I mean, they obviously didn't do like a screen test between like Hayden Christensen and uh, Natalie Portman um, because there's no fucking chemistry whatsoever. I mean, Lucas didn't help them out at all with like just his wooden, awful dialogue. Um, but my God, it just brings the whole fucking movie down. I mean, it, you just didn't believe what was going on. And, and and at the same time, I think we talked about it before, just the whole relationship seems a little pervy because last time we <laughs> saw Anakin, he was like a seven-year-old boy. And I felt like, you know, Padme was at least a teenager at that point. So it just feels a little off-putting. Um... I don't know, positives, Christian? Are there any? I mean, the entire ending, as, for,
1: as a kid, that was a huge positive for me. But, like, I, I feel like I could sit through Phantom Menace more than I could sit through this film. And Phantom Menace is filled with tons of, like, politics. Whereas this, is <laughs> the love angle is just so, it's so boring and creepy at the same time. As a kid, I just fast forward through all that shit.
0: Like him cutting the pear and just waxing yeah. poetically about I, God knows what. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it wasn't I poetic. Like, I, yes, so no, that was the big problem. I, I also, I did enjoy Obi-Wan versus Jango. I thought that was kind of cool. It was like finally getting to see, you know, basically Boba Fett, um, you know, take on a Jedi. So I did like that battle. But even the stadium scene with all the Jedi, like Geonosis, Just didn't work, because we have that whole fucking lead-in, or Mm -hmm. I guess it's actually taking place during the battle with fucking c through po this whole, like, fucking slapstick comedy routine (laughs) that Lucas felt like he had to fucking put in the goddamn movie for some reason, because we didn't have enough droids, apparently, um, in the first one. I I just... it, it, it doesn't age well at all. Like, the CGI just looks awful nowadays. Um, but yeah, no, that scene was disappointing too, you know? And I, I think they sold me really on that scene, so that's why I'm pretty mm-hmm. hard on it. Um, I love Christopher Lee as Count Dooku. I do. Um, but we don't get to see enough of him, and I think part of my love for that character now is really has it really has to do with Clone Wars. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. Man, this movie sucked.
2: (laughs) Number 14. The Phantom Menace.
0: The boy will not pass the council's
3: test master. He's too old. Anakin will become a Jedi. I
0: promise you. Do not defy the council master, not again.
3: I shall do what I must,
0: Obi-Wan. All right, so leading up to this movie, we had literally a 16-year drought between Star Wars films. We had the re-releases, but... Star Wars kind of disappeared from like, you know, mainstream pop culture. Um, And then like the trailer hit and like all the advertising started and we were seeing this fucking badass fucking, you know, Darth Maul. It seemed like he was going to be the next Darth Vader. Everyone was super hyped for this. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then the movie happened Um, (laughs) (laughs) and we got fucking midichlorians, Jar Jar Binks, Politics, um, space politics, and then we got one of the worst fucking Jedis of all time, fucking Qui-Gon. Um, <laughs> this movie, uh, you know, for what, Jesus Christ, is a two-hour snooze, like, leading up to the Duel of Fates. Um, I, I just, I, it's really, if you think about it, it's really Lucas trying to explain, like, how the magic happens in yeah. the galaxy. And it just, it just doesn't work. The script kind of feels like bad fan fiction at times, Uh, you know, just kind of like over explaining things. Like, I don't need to know how you made the donuts, man. Like, I really don't. (laughs) Like, I (laughs) I mean, midichlorians, the whole concept behind it, just, you know... Ruins, just this, this the the mysticism behind Hmm. you know being a Jedi and everything, and that could happen to anyone. Like I don't need to know the fucking science behind it, Uh, you know, and just the fact that we were promised this fucking badass Sith Lord, and then you know he gets two lines and then chopped in half by the end of the movie.
1: No, yeah, it's definitely a disservice to that character, and luckily, you know, you know, as we went on. You know, Clone Wars and comics and Rebels and stuff like that were able to rebuild that character into what it should be. But, you know, Lucas just didn't didn't execute him well. And I think like we've talked about before, he would have been a perfect character throughout all three of those movies as like a driving force of the story. Absolutely. It made no sense to get rid of like get rid of him that quickly.
0: Absolutely. I feel like, you know, Anakin's arc would have meant so much more if it was. Darth Maul that he was taking out um, in the beginning of uh, Revenge of the Sith instead mm. of Count Dooku. If, you know, they have an epic, you know, lightsaber, you know, duel at the end of Attack of the Clones, you know, he still bests both of them. And then, you know, finally in Revenge of the Sith, and maybe not in the very first five minutes, um, let it breathe a little, George. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, some way, some at some point, you know, Anakin kills Maul finally. Uh, I think that would have been, you know, a bigger moment and it would have meant more, you know, Mm. um, for Anakin's arc.
1: It's that, you know, like one apprentice defeating the other one type of deal where it's like just overcoming that kind of character i think that'd be a really fucking great story and now that we've talked about it i kind of want that to be the story like i want to just imagine that's what it was this whole time
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i like what we got with maul and like you know clone wars and rebels Hmm. and everything like that his arc ended up being quite enjoyable but it's just it's more of like what could have been
2: number 13 star wars clone wars the movie
0: you're reckless little one You never would have made it
2: as Obi-Wan's Padawan. But you might make it as mine.
1: Um, You know, I I was a really big fan of the 2D animated series that came out for a little while on Cartoon Network. And then they decided to go in a different direction. They wanted to do something new and they created the Clone Wars uh, movie. And, you know, at first I was very, like... I didn't like the art style. Yeah, it really took me a, a while to get into the 3D art style of the series uh, and I, like later on when I was watching it. But uh, when this film came out, I gave it a try. I, I sat there. I watched it in theaters, I believe. And I, I don't know. I, I was in the height of probably my angsty you know, middle school years. But at the same time, this was like purely made for children. And, you know, it's so campy and it just didn't feel like Star Wars for me. Uh, and that's probably why it's so low on the list in my, in my opinion, um, you know, these characters grow on to be, you know, awesome and amazing, but this movie in general is just so one dimensional.
0: So I think really the only saving grace is, you know, we're getting a more fully formed Attican. Um, He just felt more believable, even though he's animated <laughs> as a character. <laughs> and then, you know... It's the introduction of Ahsoka, which is a beloved character, one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time. Um, Even though, you know, this is a younger version, she's a little bratty, kind of annoying. Um, But yeah, besides that, there's not much here because it's definitely more targeted towards kids. It does have like, I don't know, this cheese factor to it, you know, being focused on like, you know, Jabba's son and everything like that it never quite, like, clicks for me. Um, it doesn't feel like, you know, I don't know, the Star Wars, you know, universe that I, you know, come to love.
1: No, because of this movie, you know, it took years for me to get back into the show because I just could not get behind, you know, Ahsoka in this film and just, like, the concept of Anakin having an apprentice. Like, why the why in god's name would they have given him i i still don't understand that decision but uh, you know that's it's it's just eh, i don't know for me
2: number 12 rise of skywalker
3: as once i fell so falls the last skywalker
1: so unfortunately um a ton really like relied on this film to work and they kind of rush through it a lot of the story elements are just just fast-paced they they get through things and they forget to explain anything in the past you know um we we get emperor palpatine um in pretty much a paragraph and that's about it you know there's other than dark sciences but uh um, mm. Yeah, you know, we we get you know half-ass explanations for things, and unfortunately, the way that this trilogy was built kind of just put all the pressure on this film. So I I mean I I get why they tried to do so much, but at the same time, um, if they had just wrote it better, <laughs> I I have so many issues with this film, and I I'm going to contain it so that we don't you know we don't go on forever, but it's just the way that they handled everything in this film um, the way it, mostly the breakneck speed but just like getting to each story element just didn't make sense didn't work for the film and ultimately hurt the trilogy as a whole to the point where i i could wash this trilogy and just move on with my life you know i, I could, i'm just ready for the next star wars project i want to i, I want to pretend like this didn't happen some days
0: that nah, it's i want to go that far cuz i really do like the characters Um, And there's moments that I enjoyed in this film. But overall, I feel like it's just hurt by like a a lack of direction. Um, It feels kind of aimless. It feels like they've got too much movie for their runtime. Um, I feel like they would have been, I I don't know, better off doing this like in two parts. And I know that kind of like breaks the whole trilogy model. But they just it feels like they were doing a lot of like resetting from like what happened in Last Jedi. Um, It it seems like they were listening to their fans maybe a little too much where they're trying to like retcon shit, you know, um, in this movie. And it just it was too daunting of a task for JJ, Um, you know, and and it came to the point where it it, it, honestly, it's just not very well done. You know, what what it comes down to is, you know, story wise, they just really let these characters down um and i feel like they're salvageable i really do um but in letting these characters down they really let the fans down cuz i mean i there's a better story here um you know and we just deserved better overall so i mean it just it feels like they were kind of i don't know catering too much to toxic fandom and you know not enough to you know what their original story was um which i'm not even quite sure where they're going with things um like the fact that they felt like they had to give you know ray you know uh, parents that like you know tied into the saga with like making like palpatine her grandfather slash father because it's a clone (laughs) like it just feels so convoluted and just you know overly complicated for no reason whatsoever i kind of like the fact that she was like no one you know it it Mm kind of felt like okay well you know raise all of us you know she stands for that person who comes out of nowhere and that anyone can do this anyone can be the hero of the story um and it kind of lost that message um which is unfortunate so this just isn't a very well-made movie when it comes down to it (laughs) so i mean it's quite disappointing because like i said i love all these actors and i love all their performances um but you know the story let it down
2: number 11 solo a star wars story
0: you happen to notice that freighter down there you know what's on it about thirty hired guns. All I gotta do is give them the signal. You're surrounded.
1: Uh, this was another film where it kind of felt like they didn't know exactly where they wanted to go just yet, and like it was it was another one where you know, it had maybe too many hands in the in the jar for this one. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I saw a lot of effort from the actors, and I, I don't think. You know, I don't think their performances were bad at all. I mean, ultimately, I enjoyed what we got from Alden Ehrenreich. Um, you know, he he might not be necessarily Han Solo, but at the same time, I think he put in, you know, the best effort that he could to get there. Um, you know, we do we do know of all the like changes with the directors, uh, how the first film was probably more of like a comedy than than uh, what we received with Ron Howard's version. Um I enjoyed Lando I enjoyed the story with the Millennium Falcon um, I liked all these elements it it does fall flat um, in here and there uh, the story is you know a little too slim you know like they're just pushing through like I didn't like the origin story of or the Kessel run you know there's just little things like that that just kind of bogged it down plus like um, I know a lot of people don't like l3 too much uh, and, and little things like that like yeah, I did not those notes yeah, I, I didn't need to know the um, origin of the Navi computer. I didn't think that's what we were going to get at all.
0: Yeah, there's just a lot of little Easter eggs that are thrown in there yeah. for fan service that I just wasn't needed. Um, for me, they just never really kind of captured the spirit of Han Solo. I think that was my main problem. I mean, the performance of, you know, Aaron, Har- Aaron Reich, am I saying his name right? Alden? <laughs> I feel like we're killing his name, poor guy. <laughs> He's got enough grief um, the past couple of years. Um, I felt like they never quite captured the spirit of Han Solo, though, and just Terrence and Ford in general, which is, I mean, that's an impossible task if you think yeah. about it. So, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I never saw him as Han Solo. Like, he never became that character to me. Um, And that might be just a script issue. Um, I also feel like they played it, like, too safe. Um, It feels too formulaic. Uh, Just, I don't know. Like, kind of like, you know, just Star Wars by numbers, really. Um, And I know they switched directors, like, literally i think more than halfway through the shoot um so i i don't know i just didn't like what ron howard gave us and i think a lot of it just felt like i don't know like you know uh, colored by numbers honestly um i would have loved to see what like lord and and miller's like movie would have looked like Mm -hmm. um it, it sounds like it was more comedic in tone uh It's unfortunate because we'll probably never see that. But after watching like Into the Spider-Verse, I was like, holy shit, give it, give these guys another shot. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, for me too, like they never quite captured Han Solo's spirit in the movie, um, which it's an impossible task with just, you know, I mean, an iconic actor like Harrison Ford. You're you're not gonna get a performance that caliber and that iconic. You know, I mean, no matter what actor would have like you know tried to like replace him or play a younger version of him. I mean there were things that I did like I like seeing what like this galaxy looked like underneath imperial rule you know not like using like the skywalkers to kind of like as our like guide but just kind of seeing what like almost like what war looked like what everyday life looked like you know for you know these different races I enjoyed seeing like the you know the underside of like the galaxy like with yeah, like yeah. the crimson dawn and everything um I thought that was pretty cool. Um G- Donald Glover as Lando is fantastic and I would love to see him get like a solo movie. Um no pun intended. Um or even you know I feel like this could end up being like a better like better suited as like a TV show or even like an animated project.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No, I could totally see this in the vein of like The Mandalorian or something like that. I think it also would have um, handed itself to have been more, maybe even like stationary. Like um, there was this project for like Star Wars 1313, which would have been like, you know, you're in the underbelly of Coruscant and you stay, you know, on one planet. I think it would have been cool to see an adventure what that focuses just on the underground of one planet, you know, you see them dealing with whatever's going on there, and it allows more focus on the characters and such like that. That's what I was picturing when I thought underbelly crime world syndicate, you know, film.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I was expecting to get into like Jabba's palace and see, yeah. like what the bounty that like you know, uh, Solo, you know, had on his head was all really about. Like I, I wanted that kind of story. So, but I understand like they were trying to tell like a story with like a younger solo. They didn't want to butt up against A New Hope too much. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. This just wasn't really the movie I was expecting it to be. So, and even as just like an action film, I felt like I kind of felt flat. So in revisiting it, I, I've enjoyed it a little more um, since then. But unfortunate for me, it's just okay-ish. Before we
1: move on, this is a word from our sponsor, Manscaped.
0: Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to mow your lawn. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can now trim your hedges below the belt safely and efficiently.
1: We're talking about ball trimmers, man. Manscaped is here to make sure your balls are smooth and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring
0: clean. Christian, ball hygiene is important. No one wants to feel like their testicles but train on Dagobah all day long. That's why I was super excited when my wife got me Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0. Last anniversary, my little Yodas have never been happier. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to
1: below-the-waist grooming. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect
0: Package 3.0. I'm talking precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawn Mower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer and tons of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to go nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology.
1: Manscaped obsesses over technology to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And they only use the best ingredients in their formulation. It's science. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial so your ball stops sticking to your leg. And as a treat, you'll find the Crop Reviver, which will keep your ball smelling fresh, just like
0: spring flowers. Subscribe to The Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays hygienic and clean. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs.
1: This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you go to manscapecom slash show. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job.
0: That's right, Christian. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscapecom slash That's 20% off with free shipping at manscapecom slash show. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. And remind them the nerd sent you.
2: Number 10. Revenge of the Sith.
3: If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Only a Sith deals in
0: absolutes. I will do what I must. You will try. So this is by far the best film of the prequels. We can both agree on that, right? (laughs) That's why it sits at number 10. Um, I felt like the bones of a great movie's there. um <laughs> it still doesn't quite hit its mark for me at least. um, but I like everything that it sets up, so unfortunately, it's kind of weighed down once again by like bad dialogue and everything and some really, really cheesy moments, but it's a fun enough ride, like seeing how you know really Attican becomes you know. The Lord Sith. So, um, but yeah, you know, high ground be damned. You know, I I do enjoy this movie. It is something that I can revisit and you know have fun with. Um, you know, even God, even with you know the Emperor's <laughs> ridiculous faces, you know, in the midst of battle, <laughs> it it has its charms about
1: it.
3: Mm-hmm. It no, does.
1: It's fun to watch. I mean, it's going to be iconic for the wrong reasons till the end of time, but I mean, it's still a fun to watch
0: film. But I feel at, like it's not just day. because of the memes. I know, <laughs> I know. There's been just this like plethora of memes that have come out of this film, <laughs> and that's all great and good. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know. I there there's something about it I do enjoy. So, I mean, there's way too much CGI. It doesn't necessarily age well, but. Oh, man, I don't know. I, I like, I just wish, you know, I almost wish they, like, someone would go back and remake it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, like, decent dialogue or, I don't know, can you CGI it in or something? <laughs> I, I'm not sure but like, how that works, but I don't know, man. They, they were almost there with this one.
2: Number nine. The Last Jedi.
3: I'll destroy her and you and all of it. No. Strike me down in anger and I'll always be with you. Just like your father.
1: So when this movie came out, um, I was super excited. You know, The Force Awakens was pretty good. I enjoyed it, so I was ready to see what was coming up next. Um, you know, there was tons of great advertising really showing off. You know, you know, is this going to be, you know, that Grey Jedi moment? Is, you know, is there... Like are they gonna blur the lines of good and bad in a character like Ray yeah, I thought this was like gonna be something super unique and interesting and then I, I sat in the movie and there was there was some parts that just very I, I left the theater very conflicted on how I felt and it took a little while for me to you know just embrace the parts that I like and try to ignore the parts that I did but at the end of the day you know, I, I felt like this was a it was it was a good enough movie. You know, um, whereas, like, Rise of Skywalker is, is bona fide bad, no matter how you spin it. Um, the Last Jedi, uh, for me, you know, it really handled cinematography very well. It handled uh, the story very well. It was just this half-baked story that they made on Canto Bight, um where, you know, you have Finn and Rose um, trying to, like, get... <laughs> I, they're trying to, like, get the certain information off the planets. just i don't fucking know the what day. the hell they're
0: doing there are space horses <laughs> i don't fucking know man um yeah no that that like half hour in the middle of the movie definitely mm. brings it down a notch um this movie was definitely frustrating for me um yes. it, it really was and i like you said i was i was conflicted not just like the day after this film like months after this film and i still am when watching it um it's definitely a well made film um much more so than rise of skywalker and i kind of like the direction that ryan johnson was taking um, the franchise, just this whole aspect of you know like I, I talked about with rise of Skywalker um, where Ray you know is a nobody and how like a nobody can become a hero no matter what. I thought he was kind of setting up a new chapter for the franchise. I think one of my big problems is a lot of conflicts, you know, especially between like the resistance could have been just done away with just, you know, a simple conversation, like with what happened with like Poe and Haldo, Like if she would have just explained that there was a whole plan and everything, you know, hundreds didn't have to die. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, just, I mean the beginning sequence alone. Um, and I understand it. it's all part, part of Poe's like, you know, his arc, but at the same time, it feels like Poe should really be locked up at the end of this, like in court <laughs> martial. honestly. Um, and then just Luke's arc is what ends up always killing me. You know, for me, Luke has always been, like, the definition of what a hero should be. Um, always willing to, like, rush off into battle to save his friends. Um, and I understand, you know, the arc that they are going for. You know, this is someone who's been completely like traumatized by losing all his students and feeling like he failed. Um, and mm-hmm. like, you know, he turns himself off to the force um, and kind of goes into hiding because of this. But then, like, I can almost deal with that. But the fact that, like, you know, Ray finds him, shows up, and tells him what the hell's happening with Kylo. And then he finds out. I think the biggest sin is when he finds out that Han has died and he doesn't, like, jump into his X-Wing right then and there and take off, you know, to confront Kylo, I think that's when the movie kind of lets down that character. You know, if they would have had it set up where Luke finds out that, you know, what's happened with Kylo and, like, the rise of, like, the First Order and, you know— you know, that Kylo's killed his father and everything and Luke then decides to train Rey and, you know, then he goes off to confront the First Order together. I would have been OK with it. You know, I, I I could have made sense of that story of, you know, Luke, you know, kind of being like in hiding on this planet. But I don't know, just the story that the way it unfolded, it just felt like a disservice to the character.
1: I think I, I, I let it go a little bit more because I'm trying to feel like how Luke would have handled like Order 66 and feeling the death of all those Jedi. And I could imagine like many of the Jedi, like what we learned after that, you know, went into hiding, went did a lot of what Luke did. So that's that's kind of like my thinking of it. And that's my like me making reasoning for. I guess. Story. But those but, Jedi
0: aren't Luke Skywalker. You know, and that's (laughs) the thing. Like, I mean, I can deal with him being traumatized and everything and like turning himself off to the forest and whatever. But then once he understands the evil that's arisen in the galaxy and, you know, what a threat Kylo's become and like that his friends are dying, the fact that he's not rising to face that, you know, that's where I feel like the story kind of lets us down.
1: Even if it was like he, instead of him just running off, that immediately sparks him to start training Rey. I feel like that would have been a better you know, yes. answer
0: to it. Yes, and I do enjoy the ending with, you know, Luke kind of facing mm. off against the First Order alone. I just wish he was actually there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that's the better ending for him than him just like dying alone on a cliff somewhere, you know, and disappearing Obi-Wan style.
2: Number eight. Star Wars Rebels. But the Holocrons, they tell the truth.
3: Do they? The truth is often what we make of it. You heard what you wanted to hear, believed what you wanted to believe, and now the only one who has gained anything from all of
0: this is... Me.
1: Uh, Star Wars Rebels was another show I, I hesitated to get into. I wasn't too impressed with the trailers and the, again, the three... I'm not a huge 3D animation guy. I just never have been. Um... And what we got with it, it, you know, it turned out to be pretty, you know, pretty well done. Um, But at the same time, you know, I feel like the reason Rebels doesn't, you know, make the same leaps and, you know, gets gets my attention as much as Clone Wars is because I don't get behind Ezra as much as I do like someone like Ahsoka throughout the series. Like, I don't I didn't really I I didn't really attach or, you know, get too interested in Ezra's storyline. Throughout it, you know the the side characters, however, are like brilliant, really well done. Harro's great. I really enjoyed Kanan. Um, I I do enjoy the return of Ahsoka and what we got with our, her storyline. Um, I there's a lot of great and interesting elements. I just I didn't believe in and didn't really get too far behind Ezra as a character throughout the series.
0: This is a really well-done, like, fun series. I, I I was like you at first. I was really hesitant about, like, you know, getting into it. But once I did, I didn't regret it at all. Um, I enjoyed Sabine. I love how much, like, you know, Mandalorian, like, lore we really got into um, with her character. Um, and like you said, I mean, the closure that we get for Ahsoka... You know, in this series is fantastic. Um, it's and like the the battle that we get between like Ahsoka and Vader is still one of the greatest Star Wars moments of all time. I don't care that it's animated. Um, I feel like it ranks up there. You know, at least on the top ten. I think we did put it in our top ten, correct? Yes. <laughs> um it
1: was So almost number one. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, you know, it just such a such a great moment. You know, for both of those characters and everything. Um, but yeah, no. Um, God, I. I Man, I love me some Inquisitors. Like, <laughs> just the whole concept behind the Inquisitors I thought was mm-hmm. so cool. Um, you know, and just like, you know, Vader having like, you know, these, I guess they're not technically Sith, but come on, they're Sith. You know, Enforcers, you know, doing his bidding. Just a fun concept. And just, they're all just total badasses. So I, I really enjoyed that concept. Um, and I thought it brought a lot to the series. And it really does dive into that whole like idea behind like the gray Jedi and everything. So it, it it really there's a lot there for a Star Wars nerd to get into and sink their teeth into.
2: No, absolutely. That's why I get so behind it. Number seven. The Force Awakens. It's true.
3: The
0: Force, a Jedi. All of it. It's all true. So this is definitely JJ's like love letter to Star Wars um, and George Lucas. I feel like yeah, it's a little derivative of you know things that we've seen in the past um, story wise, but I don't know. I forgive it, and honestly, like it made me fall deeper in love with Star Wars. It was just so exciting to see some of these, like, beloved characters again. Um, You know, and I I realized I missed them more than I thought, you know, with, like, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Princess Leia, General Leia now. Um, It just, it, it, I think it just hit the right notes for me in the long run. Yeah, and, uh, like, along with all the great new characters they introduced, you know, it was so, like, just, I don't know comforting in a way to see all these old faces return to the franchise um i don't know and it was something that i didn't know i needed um but it it hit just all the right notes for me so and like i said man i i love some fucking kylo red man you know give me that fucking <laughs> angsty you know emo sith um i just I, such i just feel like he's such an interesting character and everything and i just i I don't know. I really enjoy like Adam Driver's performance. I just felt like it was such a great setup for this new era of Star Wars. Little did I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree. I thought this was the right start. My my issues with the film was, of course, you know, it it, it felt too fan servicey. It was a little too derivative at the time. But at the same time, I did enjoy you know all the new characters we got. I enjoy um, the story of the Resistance and, you know, getting to know these new characters um, at, at, at this time. You know, um, I, I, I really did get off the right foot with this film and it put me in the right place for The Last Jedi. And then things kind of fell apart. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Number six, The Mandalorian. This will do well.
3: Reserve some for the foundlings. As it should always be, the foundlings are the future. This is the way.
0: This is the way. This beautiful space western samurai show checked all the right boxes for me as a Star Wars fan. Um, it's amazing. Like what? A, like it's such a simple story, but it really like you know encompasses everything that I love about this universe. Um, you know, it's so great you know finally getting to see like you know really the underbelly you know of you know the star wars universe but at the same time you kind of have this really like you know story that's filled with heart and like this character that by all means is you know the, the scum and villainy that we've heard about you know um uh Not doing much better. Um, we get this character that, you know, is the definition of the scum and villainy that we've heard about, you know, in the underworld. But, you know, he has such rich character. And this is all done without, like, removing his fucking helmet, except for, like, one scene. Um, it's just an impressive feat.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, you can feel you feel so much for this character, even though, you know, you get very little dialogue, very little like, you know, you get glimpses of a backstory. You get you do get to learn more about him, of course. But I mean, just like so simple yet you you're allowed to care for everything and and i feel like a lot of star wars and how they're handling the films could learn so much from this fucking series you know after skywalker i needed something new i needed something original and you know the mandalorian really filled that gap you know you get this space exploration with such a badass character and you get a lovable story at the same time it's so awesome that we finally get something like this in star wars and i'm so excited to see where they'll go in the future with this
0: no i mean less is more and that, that that's exactly. the lesson we're kind of learning with this show um you know i mean with rise of skywalker and last Jedi, you know i think the story just got so convoluted it was just it got to the point where it was hard to track and to make sense of um where you know, The Mandalorian, it keeps it simple, but, you know, you care about the story just as much.
2: Number five. Star Wars. The Clone Wars series. No. I'll do it. Rex, what's happening?
3: Stay back. Find him. Find him. What? Find him. Find him.
1: Like I mentioned before, I it took me a little while to get into this series. You know, after a lot of great buzz, um, I really started to you know pay attention and start watching it. And the first season, kind of like the Phantom Menace, is very slow and a little bit bogged down uh, for me. But the but from there after that, you know, the story picks up and you really start to love these characters. You really start to grow with them a lot. I mean, what we got with Ahsoka, it's probably like. One of the best Star Wars stories out there, and it's it's tip it's it's all those elements that you would love from Star Wars, but just for some reason they were able to just form this perfect character and really show growth in a character, you know, because it was it was able to go across, you know, multiple seasons. That's how we were able to, you know, grow and fall in love with these characters. You know, Anakin is is such a better character now because of Clone Wars. Um, Darth Maul is perfect villain now because of clone wars they they experimented and played around with so much in this series and it really helped the star wars universe and a whole and you know even though even though you know it's it's still marketed towards kids and there's a lot of you know um stuff for the clones and stuff like that the clones are still an enjoyable story and you know when you really sit there and you watch all the stories it makes you kind of feel like terrible for what these clones are going through and what they have to experience in this war you know, the, for a kid's show, this is really like, you know, war centric. And you, you really see the loss that they had to take.
0: See, I don't even think I consider it like like a that. kid's show. <laughs> do you? I mean, it's do, still marketed towards kids. I guess, to so, I mean, but you can make that argument with all of Star Wars. Like, I think they know true. who their true target is. <laughs> I mean, yes, it kind of toes the line, but I I think they know that, you know, 40-something-year-old adults are also watching this show. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, I I agree. I feel like, you know, Clone Wars... you know, and I know David Filoni would never admit it. And I know Lucas worked on the show also, but I feel like he kind of righted a lot of the wrongs of the prequels. You know, an aspect of like you know with characters like Maul and Attican. Like we, like I said before, we finally get the Attican that we all deserved—a character we could really like get behind and you know feel something for for when he does get corrupted by the dark side. Um, you know, and even like the Jedi. You know, like, we get to know these other Jedis that are just kind of background characters in the prequel. Uh, it it really does such a great service, you know, for the prequels. and makes it such more of a, like, fully formed story. And that's really why I rank it so much higher than, you know, all the prequels on our list. Um, so, like really and like i'm not a huge fan of the idea of the clones i've talked about that before and you know i mean the last this last season kind of like i i came around a little more um you know to the clones and like just i felt like they kind of explored more of you know what it meant to be a clone in this world Um, You know, just I think the one line I'm totally paraphrasing where he talks about, like, we don't know what we would be without the war. Um, You know, it's kind of a novel concept and everything. And it's just something I never thought of Um, because a lot of times, you know, those clone episodes were really like hit or miss for me. Um, For me, I was all about like the Jedi. and, And even like, you know, along with the Jedi, we got to know like, you know, characters like Count Dooku and General Grievous and everything. And, you know, characters that I kind of felt like, I don't know, they were exposable. Um, you know, in the prequels, like, I actually grew to really enjoy and love. Uh, so, I, I don't know, man. I, like, Clone Wars really did the prequels better than the prequels.
2: Number four. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Come
3: with us. I will run no longer. Come on. But you must save yourself. Come on. Go. There's no time. Save the rebellion.
0: Save the dream. This is such a well done story and just works on so many different levels, um, you know, not just as a prequel, just just as a story in general. I mean, this is a war movie, really, if you think about it, like this is Star Wars, like Dirty Dozen style or Seven Samurai style. Um, and it works so well. They give us like so many like likable, lovable characters that we all know they're gonna fucking die at the end of the movie, but it doesn't matter. You still get invested in these characters. Um, just, I mean, just so well done. I mean, honestly, uh, for me, this is definitely the best um, of the Disney era, you know, Star Wars film.
1: No, I totally agree. I mean, th- the way that they handled grits in this film. You know, it gave me hope for more stories and and like how they can, you know, take Star Wars in a different direction going forward and tell these different like points of views throughout um, the Star Wars universe. I'm definitely uh, this uh, I was already invested in Star Wars, but this is just, you know, made me love you know the universe even more you know getting to know characters like these you know people that believe in the religion of the jedi and people that you know are skeptics and you know reasons other reasons to join the rebellion you know how the empire is really affecting the world and stuff like that you know and this as you said is a war movie you know you really get that grit and that and you really feel the danger that they're in the entire time and I just think that that was such a wonderful concept for them to explore. It definitely, you know, blew my expectations out the water when this film came out.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the fact that these characters are willing to make like the ultimate sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. for this mission that means so much to like the rebellion's cause Um you know, it it made me love the rebellion even more. And we kind of got a, Mm -hmm. like a new fresh look at what the rebellion was really all about that. I feel like, you know, the rebellions there in the original trilogy, but they don't really explore like, you know, who's behind the rebellion. Um, and this gave that to us, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I, and I love the fact that, you know, it's not just, you know, all black and white. There's definitely some gray there um, that these characters have to, you know, maybe do things that they're not necessarily quite proud of, um, you know, just, you know, for the sole mission of taking down the Empire.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm excited
0: to see what they'll do with Cassie and Andor's story um, going forward. Absolutely, and give me more Darth Vader fucking mowing down <laughs> rebel <laughs> troopers, goddammit.
2: <laughs> Number three A New Hope.
0: Use the Force, Luke.
3: Let go, Luke. The
0: Force is strong in this one. Luke, trust me all right so we're in the nitty-gritty here christian and i'm not gonna lie this was difficult <laughs> so i i shuffled around the you know top three uh quite a bit um especially like the number three and number two um picks so um but yeah i think we we both kind of you know f- feel okay with the new hope <laughs> being number three i'm perfectly fine with. That. okay okay <laughs> um because i wasn't at first <laughs> i'm not gonna lie. But, like, I mean, this is our introduction to Mm. this wonderful space opera that we all celebrate and love, you know, 40-some years later. Um, Just, I mean, this really just opened up our minds, you know, especially, you know, for my generation to what can be storytelling-wise, especially on film. So, I mean, it all starts here. Star Wars A New Hope is just this epic start to this space odyssey that just introduces all these wonderful new characters, takes all these like fairy tale, you know, modern mythology archetypes. And just like, you know, Lucas turns them on their head, really. Um, You know, we, we have this, you know, farm boy who ends up becoming the hero of this great story, who's trying to like, you know, overcome his father's, like, sins. Um, you've got this, like, scoundrel, this pirate, space pirate, who has a heart of gold, um, you know, this princess who ends up actually being, like, the strongest leader in this story. Um, just all, all these wonderful, like, elements, you know with the backdrop of these groundbreaking you know uh, special effects that at the time had never been seen before and i still feel like hold up today like it all started here um you know and it just it's just the perfect first chapter to such an epic you know fucking space opera no
1: absolutely i mean this really birthed a lot of people's fandoms and, you know, really started off the Star Wars craze. Um, You know, you really do fall in love with these characters, and George Lucas really did put together um, this well-produced film compared to what we got in the prequels. I mean, it just feels like a whole different man made those films at some point. You know what (laughs) I'm saying? It's just, um, I don't know. There's something really special that he made here. There's a reason why people went, I mean, there's a reason why people went bazonkers after this fucking film (laughs)
0: I feel like Bazonkris needs to be a shirt now, Christian. <laughs>
1: we can totally, I'll, I'll make it a shirt. <laughs> no, man, it, A New Hope is really a great Star Wars film, and it should be the starting point for anyone. No one should be starting at episode one.
2: <laughs> Number two, Return of the Jedi.
3: I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Your skills are complete. Indeed, you are powerful, as the Emperor has foreseen.
1: Uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi is actually one of my personal favorite films of all time. Um, I really love... You know the culmination of the story of Star Wars, are, well, the first trilogy's arc, pretty much. Um, I loved everything we got with Luke. I loved the story of Vader. You know, the finally seeing his redemption after everything. You know, finally seeing him turn. Um, I loved the introduction of Luke as you know, pretty much the master Jedi that he could be um you know the return of han after all the things that happened in empire um everything we got with the barge scene there's so much to love of this film i know people are probably screaming right now the ewoks ruined this film and and this should be all the way at the back of the list for a lot of people but for me this is truly one of the best that's ridiculous
0: (laughs) there are people that are like that that's how people about return of the jedi the back of like the entire franchise list, maybe not the entire franchise, but you, you know what I meant. Like I mean, I'm, I'm flipping, flipping, New Hope. I, guess. <laughs> I
1: was like, what? <laughs> there are people that really, but beyond the Ewoks, you know, I think the film is really fucking good. You know, I really enjoy, like that battle between Vader and Luke in the film. You know, solidified me as a Star Wars nerd for life. Um, I love the anger and the aggression and Um, That we get out of Luke, you know, the possible turn that, that was almost there, the hero moment where he stands up to the Emperor, you know, finally seeing the Emperor unleash his power. It was such, it was such an amazing moment for me as a Star Wars fan to finally see all of this happen on screen. You know, the Battle of Endor, be the Battle of Endor. Everything that's on the Death Star 2 is so fucking great. And I really love this film.
0: This is Lucas's storytelling at its finest. I mean, there's nothing fucking cooler than Luke Skywalker all in fucking black. You know, walking to Jabba's palace with nothing but fucking ice in his veins. I mean, that moment alone, like, makes this, like, movie close to the top of my list. Um, like, just, like, like I said, like, you... You don't know, like, if Luke, what the hell he's been up to? Has he been playing around with the dark side? You know, how did we get this like badass version of this character, um, who we lost saw, who we last saw, like, you know, defeated um, and just kind of looking lost, you know, on the final sh- scenes of uh, Empire. But I mean, it just I mean, he, he becomes this fully formed hero, and you believe that, you know, he could take down the Empire all by himself but luckily for him he's got friends
1: well you know Damon I do know what he was up to what was that Christian uh building his lightsaber obviously I hate you so much
2: (laughs) number one the Empire Strikes Back I love you I know
0: Christian what i love about this movie it's like every good second act in any fucking story it's a tragedy and you know lucas dares to take us you know on this journey with these characters where we get to see them at their worst um you know where a new hope is literally just that you know you're so full of hope and They're celebrating this great victory. Um, So you get the highest of highs. But then with Empire Strikes Back, we get the lowest of lows. You know, Han's fucking frozen um, off to Jabba's palace. Luke gets his fucking hand cut off, finds out his fucking dad is this evil Lord Sith. Um, It's just a mess. You know, we you know, we see our heroes at their worst. And like any good story, you know, it sets up these heroes overcoming impossible odds.
1: No, you said it right. This this film does take this super awesome, you know, that's, that's such weird phrasing, super awesome, tragic story and put it into um, the you know, Star Wars universe. And, you know, the way that they handled it um, really captured uh, these characters in the darkest elements just like you said, and uh, I really do, like, I, I'm, you know me, I'm super into dark stories, um, and that's why this, you know, always edges out just a little bit more, the way that they handled, you know, Luke's uh, discovery of, you know, becoming the son of Vader of, of all things, you know, you, you really, you you get captured by that moment, you you really, like, the ba- even the battle before that, the fight, you know, where they're just, there's so much anger, and, you know, you really can tell luke wasn't prepared for this fight you really can see you know how powerful vader is you know it's it's those little things that you know ripple throughout the entire film you know you have his training in uh dagoba earlier on um and you see him struggling um you know, i love the moment in the cave where he sees himself in vader uh there's so many great elements to this film and you know it's it's so interesting just how they were able to, you know, build off the success of the first one and continue to make, you know, these these great special effects, these great visuals, um, and you know, really show the rebellion in such a different way. Like you know, you see the rebellion at their wit's end in the first film, but this time, you know, they're really getting just pounded on by the Empire. Um, And, you know, it just really feels hopeless for all these characters. And it really is that great middle piece. I mean, there's a reason why people regard it more than just one of the best sequels of all time or like Star Wars films of all time, but one of the best films of all time.
0: And that's why we're celebrating it 40 years later.
1: But before we head out, make sure to head over to dramacityproductions.com, where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts.
0: That's right. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Yeah,
1: it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going.
0: And you know what? If you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and see the full versions of these articles, plus a whole lot more.
1: Yeah, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. That's your nerd hub for all things pop culture. And
0: if you're looking to further support the show, go ahead and buy some merch over at Tee Public. They have shirts. They have sweatshirts. I think they have mugs, bumper stickers. The works,
1: man. Absolutely. And you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well. Yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. All right. We do hope that you enjoyed this Star Wars countdown special. Um, We will be returning the 1st of 2021 with our review of Wonder Woman plus our review of The Mandalorian Season 2. My name's Christian.
0: And my name's Damon.
1: And that was The Amazing Nerd Show.
0: Merry Christmas. And a happy new year
2: now making our final descent back onto Earth. Thank you for choosing The Amazing Nerd Show as we voyaged through 2020. Join us for a new adventure in 2021.